Welcome on into the Double Check Podcast. My name is Colin. I'm Brett. And we are happy to be here with you today, wherever you are listening to your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a rating. Leave us a four-star rating. If you leave us a three-star rating, we'll have no choice but to assume that you are a hater. Is there not a five-star rating? There, uh, if there's a five-star rating wherever you're getting your podcast, that's what we want. I mean, five stars. I'm an Apple person, personally. Okay, okay. It just depends on where you get your podcast. But wherever it is, give us the best rating, or we're just going to look at each other and say that person's a hater. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the format of this show, Brett. Um, you know, uh, this, this show is called Double Check, and we're going to be doing what? We're going to be double-checking our, our thoughts of life, theology, and culture. That's and so right. to do that, what we're going to do is I'm going to have a prepared statement about something that's been on my mind, and I'm going to read through it. And then uh, then Colin's going to be able to cross-check me, and he's going to get to ask me questions. We're going to get to banter about what I just talked about. And then Colin will do the same thing. He'll have a prepared statement, and then I'll get to cross-check him and double-check him. Um, we're going to flip to see who goes first, though. Every time. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to be calling the flip today. Uh, but before we go to the coin toss, um, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about who we're intending to reach uh, with this. What's our intended audience here? Uh, so my intended audience is, uh, is twofold. I have, uh, I have uh, some people that I'm thinking about in my mind because I'm going to be able to communicate better if I'm thinking about specific people. I'm thinking about people that, that grew up like me where they were – they were Christians their whole life. They went to church, but uh, they haven't really ever thought all the way through what Christianity actually means for their life and authority um, and the authority that it brings. So I'm thinking about about those people. What about you, Colin? Well, uh, you know, I have a little bit different uh, background. You know, I didn't necessarily grow up in the church. I had somewhat of a church background, but definitely was not a Christian for many, many years. Um, and then kind of came to it later in life as an adult. And so that might be more of the intended audience that I'm trying to reach is people who are in similar um, story to that one, but um, who have kind of um, noticed what Christianity uh, in America, at least, I can't really speak for what it is other places, but what Christianity in America has become, which uh, in my mind is, is all centered around churchianity. And I don't really know any other way to say it, but when you go to, you know, a Sunday service anywhere, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know how accurate this is, but my estimate would be they talk about uh, the name church or a specific church probably about 10 to 15 times compared to every time they mention the word Jesus. Yeah. And Christianity in America is less and less centered around Jesus as it is centered around the, the church building, per se. Um, and so the the people who have noticed that or, or maybe not really taken note of that, but um, can just kind of tell that something is a little bit off, uh, that that might be who I'm trying to, to speak to. Yeah, yeah I, I totally get that. I think something that, that unites both of our backgrounds is um, I'm kind of coming from it with we have an idea of what Christianity is in America. And you talked about that for a second. And uh, it's been the dominant culture for a long time, and that's not what it is anymore. And I think that's a good thing. And now we have to start thinking about what does Christianity actually mean. 
and it's not just the red, white, and blue, right? That's right. <laughs> the church is growing a lot more uh, in other parts of the world. It's growing here too, and I think that that um, a lot of the the scandals um, that that you see coming out in the news about Christianity and people. Um, just having starting to see a problem with it is actually going to end up being a good thing. It's going to purify the capital C church and not, you know, you were talking about the lower C church, meaning capital C church, the whole church right. instead of specific churches. Right, right, sure. All right, well, should we get to it? Yeah, let's get to it. All right, you would, we want to do a coin flip here? Coin toss, let's right. go. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to go with old Tales Never Fails. Tales Never Fails, here we go. All right, it's heads. It came up heads. And since we did a coin toss, I get to choose to go or defer. That's right. So I'm going to defer. Okay. All right, like any good coach would do. Okay. So you're going to get the ball in the second half. I'm going to get the ball in the second half. I'm going to take you and run with it. All right. Well, let's go. Here we go. I'm going to talk today about unwavering truth. And, you know, it seems as though most people today are really concerned with a lot of things that don't matter much. The things that you see on TV or on social media, Twitter, they're things that ultimately are irrelevant when it comes to our eternity. And But those are the things that we consume most of the time. They're what consume the majority of our thoughts today. However, spiritual truth is relevant to all of us. And that is uh, what I want to focus on in this session. Um, even though we may not be focused on that in our everyday lives moment by moment. But truth is something that is unchangeable, and therefore it cannot change. I know we live in a postmodern culture where people say there is no truth. I don't agree with that. I believe that objective truth does exist. Truth as a category exists. And truths about God, man, angels, salvation, heaven, hell, even though they're beyond our ability to fully understand They are unchanging, steadfast and immovable, unwavering like the rock of Gibraltar. But meanwhile, everything else, everything that's tangible on this earth is changing. You see babies grow into toddlers and they then change into children who evolve into teenagers. Those teenagers evolve into adults and then they become moms and dads and those moms and dads evolve into grandma and grandpa. The house across the street is going to look very different in a hundred years. Trees grow, flowers fade, and iron rusts. Even most intangibles are vulnerable to change. Your determination dwindles over time. Your energy erodes. Love is fickle. Faith fades. And emotions evolve. But spiritual truth never changes. It is a firm foundation that we can build upon. And such truth never fades. It can never be blown away. It will never self-destruct. It can never be deconstructed. It always will be here in its original state. Truth is as unchanging as God, because God is truth. And it is said that God is love, and that's accurate, rightly so. But God is also truth. The Father is truth. The Lord Jesus is truth, and the spirit of truth is truth that guides into all truth. Therefore, since God cannot change into someone different than who he is, truth likewise cannot change into something different. Even non-spiritual truth does not change. A thousand years ago, two plus two, well, it equaled four. Gravity did not let you go up, it still pulled you down. 
and you took two hydrogen molecules and an oxygen molecule, and that made water. Truth remains as it always was and it, as it always will be. Before you and I were, God was good. Eons from now, God, he's still going to be good. Truth is something that everyone can build their lives upon. It'll never crumble. It'll never devalue. It will never be conquered. It will never be sunk. Truth will never come down. It will never change. And this fact is solace for the thinking person. Yet it might be difficult for some. Because many people today, they want to make their own truth. They want to define reality, even down to who and what they are. They want to be God with no apologies. But even that does not defeat truth because the truth never changes. And we forever can take refuge in the unfailing consistency of truth. And that's really all I wanted to talk to you about today, but that, that's going to lay the foundation for some of the other things that we're going to open up in this podcast. Um, and that's, that's my thoughts today. Yeah, I'm glad that you went first because I think that is the best place to start. Because if there isn't an ultimate truth, then why are we here talking about, about this right now? Right. You know? And um, so at the very beginning, you said things on TV, social media, uh, things that are ultimately irrelevant whenever it comes to eternity. Why are these things irrelevant? Like I'm spending my time doing this stuff. Why are they irrelevant? Well, that's a good question. And I think what it has to do with is with the way that we utilize those things. If I'm on social media and I'm scrolling through to look at memes or dog videos that make me laugh and smile, ultimately, those things have no bearing on what I'm going to be doing in eternity. Those things really are just irrelevant it, 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 when it comes to the ultimate eternity of our souls, you know, the, the way that we use social media in large part, I'm just talking in generalities here. I mean, there are certain exceptions to this, but in large part, overall, the overwhelming majority of people use Facebook, Twitter, Instagram for things that when you come right down to it are kind of just a waste of time. And I think it, it causes us to have to make a determination and you were talking about eternity. We have to make a determination about the truthfulness of eternity. It's those things aren't a waste if there isn't an eternity. And so whenever I say that I'm going to make my own truth about eternity and I come up with my own religion, what's what's the what's the problem with that? That you're going to make well, I mean, it ultimately comes down to what is true. You know, if you're going to make your own religion, Great. Good for you. Is it true? It, it is whatever you're following, whatever you're doing, is it going to have an ultimate bearing on your eternity? But I'm the person that knows the most about me. Are you, though? I believe that God knows the most, knows me better than I know me. I believe that God you know, the, the ultimate creator of the universe who created us, created our souls, I feel as though God knows each person better than they know themselves. 
Yeah, I, th- I think that's what I was, I was playing devil's advocate there, if you couldn't tell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but I think that's what it comes down to is it's a determination as to the truthfulness of God. And I mean, we're not going to go into that right here. We're just talking about whether truth exists. And I think that all of us could agree, uh, well, I hope eventually, if you if you think about it for a little bit, that there is truth. We, we hear a lot about, uh, you know, that's his truth or that's her truth. Like, you don't get your own truth. You have your opinions about, you know, uh, qualitative stuff, um, but as to whether things actually happen or not or they exist or not, whether you want them to exist or not, and there's plenty of things I can think of that I wish didn't exist, but the truth is they do exist, right? And so um, I think you've you've unearthed uh, a way of thinking here that maybe uh, people haven't thought about. Uh, a lot of people have, but but maybe our audience hasn't thought about the concrete nature of truth and that our culture says that it's not concrete, but it is. Any com- any person with common sense would say that. Any any final thoughts you want to you want to say about this? Uh, just a couple things. That was a really good cross check. You know, I appreciate you uh, making me think through these things a lot stronger. As they say, iron sharpens iron, and that's what we're here to do. But um, you know, you, when you think about Christianity compared to other religions, and people people want to say, oh, you know, you have your truth, I have my truth, this is what I believe. Okay, that's fine, but if you actually look into these other religions, they don't all agree. People say, oh, it, you know, it's just different paths to the same God. It's not if you actually start looking at them, because they contradict one another. And so when you think of it in terms of truth, th- there's a... Uh, there's a principle of, uh, I can't think of it right now, but th- th- there's an exclusivity there. Two opposing things cannot be, both be true. Yeah. Two opposite statements either are both false or one of them is true, but they can't both be true. Uh, and so that's, I mean, that's just something that I, I feel like people either don't consider or just want to forget about yeah. in large part. And I th- I mean, I said I was giving you the last thought, but uh, you just made me think about something that you were talking about. The like, I would think it's the uncomfortable nature of truth, right? The the truth is unwavering, and if it's not what we like, so be it. It's going to make us uncomfortable, and it's going to make us angry sometimes. And so we have to either think, uh, well, I can stay in that uncomfortable nature and be angry. Uh, some people say, I'm just going to ignore the truth, right? But we've already determined you can't really do that. Um, or the third one is you can take solace and knowing that the truth is the truth. And you can take refuge in it, right? You were just talking about being uncomfortable. We have another choice. We can be comfortable in the truth, knowing that we're not going to be able to change it. And we may not like it, but that's just how it is. Sure. So I think that's that's a positive way of, of looking about it. Yeah, uh, just looking ahead, those are going to be some of the building blocks as we move forward with this podcast. Um, you know, I, I think in our next episode, I'm going to talk about how everybody has the exact amount of truth that they desire. Like, there's there's infinite amount of truth available to all of us if we are willing to to go out and look for it. But the amount of truth that an individual has is directly correspondent with the amount that they desire. Uh, and then there are also certain things 
that cause people to reject or to resist truth. Um, some, some people don't want to let go of certain thoughts and certain desires that are opposed to truth. But uh, and that's that's largely outside of the the institutional church. Uh, but uh, there's also a lot of people who are not wanting to let go of certain traditions, even when they are opposed to biblical truth. And that actually, sadly, is something that you see a lot within the church and within evangelicalism. Yeah, and that's you know that's the that's kind of where I'm coming from, right? Um, we sometimes we like our traditions more than we like the truth. Absolutely. Uh, or if there's not even a truth claim made about something that it's just about preference. We turn preferences into truth. I can't wait to hear what you have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I, I totally agree. Uh, all right. So we're going to turn over now to uh, my, my uh, talk. And today I'm going to be talking about um, being called. And uh, it's going to take, uh, take shape over a couple, three weeks. Um, and whether you're, whether you're a Christian or not, you've probably heard someone say something like, uh, I feel ca- like I'm called to move here. Or I'm called to do this certain thing. And a Christian is probably going to say that God is calling them. And a non-Christian is going to have some other explanation for it, not just God. Maybe something else they believe in or a principle that they ascribe to, some kind of moral foundation. But if you really press them on it, whether someone's Christian or not, they are likely going to concede the fact that they feel and think that this is something that they should do. And I'm not saying that they don't believe in the explanation that they have. It's just that there is almost always a personal bias that we don't admit to having whenever it comes to being called to do something. And I think that's the first thing you have to admit about yourself when you're talking about things that you think you should do or you think you're being called to. Uh, Am I being called or am I doing the calling? And once you check yourself, then you can actually start thinking and meditating and praying and talking through these decisions in your life. So as we try to think about what it means to explore our calling from a biblical standpoint, we have to look and see how God has called others in the Bible. And when you take an honest look at it, the current pervasive idea in our culture that a calling is a feeling doesn't really match up with the examples given in the Bible. All throughout the Old Testament, we see God choosing and calling people to certain things. But now we're able to look back and we see that that was God orchestrating and leading up to a specific purpose. That purpose was Jesus. We also see in the New Testament how God calls specific people for specific purposes. Many of those examples fall into the nature of God's orchestration of authority. Jesus derives his teaching authority from the Old Testament And then he gives that authority to the apostles through the Holy Spirit for the purpose of establishing the church. An example of God specifically calling someone to a certain task or ministry, you can see that whenever uh, Paul and Barnabas, it's obvious that they are set apart by the Holy Spirit with a specific call in their lives to go preach and reach the Gentiles. And when we think about our calling and we think about finding our calling, we think about things as if they're going to be clear whenever God gives us direction. So there are examples of individuals being called to specific things by God. But if you were to just do a quick search of the word call in the Bible and things similar, a majority of the passages that you're going to see, especially whenever you look in the New Testament, which is the covenant that we live in now, you're going to see general statements to all Christians. 
when looking at the vast majority of Scripture, you see that being chosen in our acceptance of salvation through Christ is directly tied with being called. Salvation leads to being called. No ifs, ands, or buts. In other words, a genuine repentance and acceptance of salvation always coincides with a call from God on your life. These general statements ring with sentiments of the restoration of God's design. Themes of sanctification, restoration, and love of God and neighbor are more present than specific commands to do specific things. So we can see that for a majority of us who are living as Christians, there's no guarantee that we're all going to have a specific call on our life, either as a missionary, a pastor, some other vocation, to go to some certain place, or to find ourselves in some certain circumstance. And I want to be clear, that doesn't mean that specific calls don't exist, but I do think understanding that all are called to a general calling actually opens us up to a less stressful, more fulfilling life in Christ, along with the ability to do more good as God presents opportunities to us. So no longer must we sit on the small questions of calling, but we can act knowing that we are all called to Christ-like living, the advancement of the gospel, and all that comes with it. Okay. So uh, now... As I approach the the cross check here, I just want to um, kind of clarify a couple things. When you talk about calling, what you're talking about is discernment, hearing from God, hearing the voice of Jesus in leading uh, a certain way. Yeah, I think I think that people have taking taken the word call and they've given it more than what it really is intended to be. And I think that what that is is actually discernment, like you like you talked about, being able to hear from the Holy Spirit and and hear what what the Holy Spirit's telling you, um, or leading you to the opportunities that are being presented to you. Okay. Now you, you talk about um, when you really press somebody on, they say they were called to do a certain thing, um, that it. It goes along with more that they're they feel and think that this is what that they they should do. Even if they say that I feel and think that this is what God wants me to do, right? Yeah. Okay. So those are feeling and thinking are are emotions. They're emotions that we have, and God created us as emotional beings. Uh, so do you think that there is any danger in dismissing? our emotions in the process of discerning and hearing from God. Yeah, there there are emotions are something, a tool that God has given us. And I think our emotions, um, especially maybe the time and place that we find ourselves right now, uh, drive us to do a lot of things in and outside of the church. We, uh, like, let's tie it back to the truth that you were talking about. A lot of people equate truth that they or things that they feel, and then they define it as their truth. Uh, and, and you know, the Bible says that, that, that we are fallen beings, and we can't rely on our emotions all the time. So I think emotions are a good tool and an indicator, but they're not the be-all and end-all. And I think what, what I'm talking about here is that we've elevated our emotions and our feelings to a level that is unhealthy, and uh, frankly, anti-biblical. Right. Okay. 
I, I certainly agree that uh, you know ele- uh, the elevation of emotions has taken place in our in our culture. That it, it seems to be the the end all be all. Um, I, I sort of feel like there's also a, a danger in going the complete opposite direction and totally disregarding our emotions. But when we balance listening to our emotions, listening to the things that uh, that our hearts and our minds are telling us. Checking those, you know, like like this program is called Double Check. Yeah. Double checking those against what Scripture says. I think that's where the, where real discernment comes in. And you know, you talk about the the examples of calling uh, in Scripture. And I just I just wanted to um, share this one passage with uh, with our audience here in 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 two Corinthians two uh, at verse twelve. Was that a reference, Carl? Uh, that's, that's a reference to the, the letter that Paul wrote to the Corinthians. Okay. Uh, he says to them, Now, when I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ and found that the Lord had opened a door for me, so there's that open door yep. that's always talked about in, in hearing from God, he said, I still had no peace of mind because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I said goodbye to them. And went on to Macedonia. So here's an example. God has opened a door for, for, uh, for Paul to go into Troas, but he doesn't have a peace of mind about going. He can go or not go. It doesn't make a difference to God. But he, he just, you know, his brother Titus isn't going to be there. He doesn't have peace about it. So instead he goes to Macedonia. So he's listening to his emotions in concordance with listening to God and with, with seeing what God is doing. And I think that that's sort of the balance that uh, I think is important. Yeah, I think that's a good story to bring up. And it's starting to – it's going to touch on something that I'm going to talk about uh, either next week or the week after that. And that's to do with the fact that God's giving opportunities to us continually and the idea that there's a specific direction that we have to go and if we don't go that direction and we don't discern it correctly – that we're everything's just going to explode and the whole world's going to going to fall at our feet, right? That, like with with that example, there was clearly an opportunity presented to Paul, uh, and he didn't take that opportunity. But obviously, there was another opportunity. And God's sovereignty, uh, the idea that God is in control of everything, and it doesn't really matter what we do if we go left, and you know, his ideal was that we went right. He's going to use our going left. It, he's still going to be able to achieve his purposes. Um, and so I think that gives us a freedom and and knowing that we don't have to find that specific call on our life because whatever ends up happening is actually the specific call in our life, right? Because God is sovereign over all. Okay. Uh, so, um, do you have any final thoughts? Anything you want to conclude with? Uh, looking forward to to the next couple episodes. Well, I think the next couple episodes, I'm gonna I'm gonna start to dive more into you know our feelings. We started to teach on it uh, or talk about it here. Uh, our feelings and in the Bible, in in certain passages, talks about aspiration uh, and wanting to do something that comes from ourselves, and that that that's a good thing. Uh, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit's role in that, things that might be able to impede us 
uh, from hearing from the Holy Spirit. And then we're going to talk uh, a little bit more again about what we already touched on, which was freedom and God's sovereignty. Uh, and then there's also another part whenever we talk about calling. It's not just us and God. It's other people around us. Right, we we've been given the church as a community, and we're going to talk about how uh, our our church friends, uh, our our leaders, are going to be able to help us in discernment, uh, which is really what we're talking about whenever we talk about a calling. We just happen to use that vernacular. That's right, and because you said the word vernacular, that means we have come to the end of our episode. Oh, I'm so glad that I finally said the key word so that we could finish out. I know. It's been a long time coming, but we definitely had a good time today uh, banging out our thoughts and and double-checking each other here, and we hope that you had a good time listening. Yeah, and I hope that you'll be able to double-check with someone that you know and you care about. Hopefully someone that has some different thoughts than you do. Be sure and uh, leave us a comment, leave us a, a rating, and subscribe to our podcast. If you give us a rating, give us five stars, of course any less and we will just assume you're a hater uh, four four and a half is fine too all right well we will catch you next time yep can't wait <laughs>